Welcome back to the Logos of Experience and Truth podcast, where I unlock the mysteries of the beatific vision of God for you, the spiritual pilgrim treading upon the narrow path. And it very much is a narrow path. What I'm going to be doing in what I am anticipating at least four, maybe five of the next episodes is diving into something I hinted at in the first season and something that I would imagine anybody listening to a podcast about mysticism or the mysteries is very much aware of. What I'm going to be talking about is extremely popular. There's extremely popular books about it, but I'm not sure if in any of those books, the question of, is it right or lawful to do this, is asked. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes, read my book, you know, hopefully by now, that is the type of question that I ask. So I'm going to be diving into concepts, topics surrounding my interpretation of Books like The Law of Attraction and Ideas and Spiritual Concepts or books like The Secret. And the general concept that underlies this that is known as creative thought that essentially through imagination, focusing, meditation, and then creating practices throughout the day mental exercises and practices, that this is the manner in which to bring about exactly what you want in your life experience. Now, this is obviously tied to synchronicity as well. If you've listened to any other episodes, read some of the posts on my website, logosofexperienceintruth.com, you know that I spend lots of time talking about this subject matter, synchronicity. Now, obviously, there is a, if I've noticed this in my life, if I've seen these experiences, then how can I possibly control them is a natural question. I think that any spiritual practitioner has come across. I had a dream about this, or I was reading about this, or I thought about that. And the next day, a couple days later, I come across something that is almost exactly what I had dreamt or thought about. How did that occur? Why did that occur? And then naturally, how can I make that happen more, <laughs> more often? I think it's a natural thought and propensity to seek the answers to this that arises. But the question, is it right? Should I? What would be that which is wrong, if there is a wrong, from doing this? Or is it simply as the book would have you think, the secret? Now, again, I'm not knocking anybody's teaching. Because here's the point about these works. They work. So they're not actually saying anything that is incorrect. They do work. 
like I said, I've spoken of synchronicity often. But the question, and I always remember Jeff Goldblum in the very first Jurassic Park movie when he's scolding the dinosaur creator of whether we could make dinosaurs versus whether we should. And that is the question that I had with creative thought and attempting to be in control of it. And if there was anything unlawful with it. Now, when I say unlawful, I don't mean police or government. I mean eternal covenant. I mean man and God. Because hopefully, when I'm done with each of these episodes, I'm not sure if I'll convince you that this is the forbidden fruit in the Bible, but I will at least attempt to make my case. I know that sounds like a tall order because you read the Bible, you're taught the theology around it, you go to catechism about it, it's repeated over and over again that it's the disobeying of God We didn't listen, we ate the forbidden fruit, and it got us tossed from Eden. And that that is what has given us the condition of humanity that we have. But if you've read my book, Lucifer Revealed, you know that my question was, what was the exact thing that was forbidden and what line was crossed? And I've argued throughout that book my other podcast episodes, my Vision Explained Deeper work, that the true idolatry, that which is truly worship in idol worship, which is symbolized by the external physical idol, is what is represented by what created that idol. And that it is this that caused the downfall. It's this that was the forbidden fruit. It is worshiping this and calling this God that is idol worship, the true idol worship, which again, symbolized by the external man-made idol that is being worshiped. All you have to do is look at anything on YouTube. And again, this is why this is on my mind, because even though I am not searching for any of these things on YouTube, somehow the algorithm (laughs) seems to know that these are things that I am interested in because I have not searched for any of this, but it constantly pops up in my YouTube feed or whatever it is you call it. It's predictive suggestions of things to watch. That mind is God. That is the forbidden fruit. Not that mind as in like eternal, cosmic, the supreme mind, but that our mind is God. In one of my earliest episodes, and especially when I talk about 
the specific thought that caused me to fall from New Age type teachings was specific to this the teaching that exists out there in occult, secret, esoteric type teachings that are all kind of bundled up in the New Age movement, which again, I don't even know if it's called New Age anymore. That's what it was 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, is the idea that we are gods. But what is wrapped up in that concept is this concept of what is creative thought and do we have access to creative thought And if we do, and if we've unlocked this creative thought, which again is law of attraction, the secret, using imagination to bring about what we desire through mental activity and energy solely, is this God or not? And the forbidden fruit, true idol worship, is calling our own personal, internal mind, God. Again, in an earlier episode, I said that what gave me, brought me, blessed me with the ascension experience where I was taken to the temple of the Father was differentiating this exact concept of what is the ego or in the Gnostic Christian term, the devil god of the Gnostic texts, Yaldabaoth, and what is the real god, the eternal god. Because in the Gnostic Christian text, this Yaldabaoth is ignorant of the deities above him and thinks that he is the one supreme God. And that's the, you're in on it joke when you're reading the Gnostic text because if you are a Gnostic, then you would know what an idiot this Yaldaba Oath is for not knowing that there's these other gods, that he's not the supreme God. And my experience was when I understood, again, utilizing the ancient concept of meditating on the microcosm and the macrocosm, the true teaching of Hermes, of that which is below is that which is above, and that which is above is that which is below, or the correspondence between the two which again can be summed up in the microcosm and the macrocosm. Man is the microcosm of the macrocosm of the universe, but the macrocosm of the universe dwells entirely within man as well. And the error that can occur is mistaking our own mind as God. For it is, again, if you've listened to my first season of podcasts, I know they can be kind of long and tiresome. They were my first attempts in the episodes of the Logos of God and the image of God. What is the image of God? What is made 
in the image of God, and that that which is most likely that which was made in the image of God would be our mind. There seems to be a little bit of a paradox there, right? If we are made in the image of God, wouldn't we also possess the power of God? And yes, as I just said, that's the thing about these books and this teaching is that it is possible. It does manifest and occur. But there is a penalty and a price for it. The forbidden fruit and being tossed out of Eden and being separated from God. So I will continue to dive further into this in the next several episodes. Until then.